Welcome on. Thanks for tuning in to the Bad Hombres FC podcast, where we talk all themed soccer in the DMV. My name is Jose Mana, sports writer from Sports Post, and joining me as always is Mario Maya from a Tiempo Latino. Mario, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, you know, just chilling and, you know, just a million dollars short of being a millionaire. So freaking bad. Anywho, before we get into terrible music from the 2000s, we have to start with um, news that broke over the weekend. It was rumored for several weeks and months even. Roosevelt, the Washington Spirit's lone USMT uh, representative in terms of contract as well as fame, Joe will be departing the nation's capital to Europe. She recently just signed a deal to play for Manchester City Women's Football Club in the English FA Women's Super League. Terms of the deal were not disclosed. She will be joining Sam Mewis, who signed with the Citizens last week. What's going on in terms of the spirit? They will not be collecting a transfer fee because her contract was not with the club. It was with the U.S. Soccer Federation. So what the team elected to do was to trade her rights to a reign for a first-round draft pick for the 2022 draft, $100,000 allocation money and additional allocation money and the condition if Ravel comes back or she doesn't come back, et cetera, et cetera. Mario, what are your thoughts on Lavelle leaving and was it a good move for her, the spirit, and the national team itself? I mean, I cried a little when I first heard the story. I, I balled up a little and cried. Um, but I think for Rosa Val, personally, it's a good move because she's able to go ply her trade for Manchester City and get to prove herself in a, in a bigger stage of sorts. That is England and all, all uh, that is in, that is the English, uh, English uh, league. And get to demonstrate not only what she could do on the field for Manchester City and just have a bigger spotlight to play in. For the Spirit, I think it's a little bit of a blow, especially considering that she was part, an uh, integral part of that midfield, along with Andy Sullivan, who's also out with injury. And so it's going to be something tough for them to pretty much find a way to replace Roosevelt altogether. I've been covering the spirit for the past two years. And yes, when she was there, she is the best player on the team, probably the best player on the field. But for those who follow the spirit candidly know her time there was short. It was short. But every time she was on the field, it was eventful. You know, she scored only two goals. It took her 580 minutes to score her first goal. <laughs> Just to give you some perspective, uh, it took her took her close to 600 minutes for her to score her first goal in a spirit jersey and you know i put it on my instagram uh this week when it was announced that she was leaving when she said yeah it took it's about time i scored like that tells you the the kind of pressure she was in because of the injuries and being on the national team but i think with covid19 being a rampage in this area and i heard richie burke he didn't say it in his statement but he said it on his podcast he said the girl wants to play. You know, the women's national team players want to play, and they don't want to stay sitting down while everybody else is playing. And that's understandable considering that the Olympics are next year. Puts a bigger spotlight on U.S. soccer and where their priorities are in terms of 
they had control of the players during the, the Challenge Cup. And all of a sudden, Rosa Valles told she can only play 30 minutes. And then a month later, she is sold. Maybe it's just being speculative, but just saying. But overall, I think it's a good move for her because she'll get some playing time. The spirit, that was the important part of everything. They did a trade to benefit themselves. Would they have loved to keep her rights maybe for a future? Maybe. But I think at the end of the day, they, they trust what they have in terms of the youth that they're getting as well as they have another ace in the hole in terms of you could put Ashley Sanchez in the middle. You even though she's too she's raw and she's young, and they have a lot of attacking talent. So I I for Rose it's good for her personal development. Obviously for the US national team, she's still playing, but for the spirit it's a blow in terms of popularity, but on the field they're used to not having her on the field, so it's a punch in the face, but they'll recover. Right. I, I think that's the important part, especially considering, like you said, she would, when, she, when healthy, she was an important part of the team. When not healthy, I think Burke was able to adjust to, adjust to what he had. So I think it's good. they'll be fine on the field, but I could speculate that the spirit may look – to bring another player just to bring a little more dose of popularity to the team in that, in what could be what you consider, you know, not only just something that can help them on the field, but with off the field with branding and marketing and all that other good stuff. Yeah. They had three sellouts last year and I went to, you know, going to all three games, you saw the passion and excitement that women's soccer brings to the table. And when you have the right talent and star power, that's what, what you get, you get a sellout crowd of 20,000 at a Audi field. And, you know, the spirit, we're looking to have four sellouts this year at Audi field before, you know, coronavirus. And so here <laughs> we are. And it is what it is. Um, hopefully, the, the Washington has not confirmed nor denied reports about a, another U.S. women's national team player. Coming to the team, one uh, Kelly O'Hara. She has been seen frequently in the area. I wouldn't mind having her here, being that. But defense is not what the spirit needs. But Mario, you're the casual observer. What would you think of Kelly O'Hara replacing Rosa Val on the spirit? That would be an interesting proposition. Actually, I I wouldn't mind it. Kelly O'Hara is my type of midfielder, not too flashy, a lot of grit. But yeah, I mean, all in all, it would it would be one of those things where you're sacrificing a little bit of a more creative midfield that Roosevelt seemed to be a little more seemed to be. But in the the trade off is you get a veteran presence like Kelly O'Hara in the midfield. So I wouldn't mind it actually. Well, I don't see her playing in the midfield. She's a defender. She had to play midfield in a while. But I could see That's where Richie – No worries. But I could see where Richie might play her in the midfield, especially if you have a situation where you do want Ashley Sanchez to take up the middle more, to be that providing linking player. And then you can maybe play O'Hara 
more on the wing. Her natural position is the wing. I just don't see her being... I, we've, I haven't seen much of her on attack. However, I just don't... I wonder what Richie thinks about having O'Hara when you have a solid back four. You solidified that back four all throughout the, ch- the Challenge Cup and then to just bring in Kelly O'Hara while it's a plus because you just lost two veteran presidents, uh, presence in both Sullivan and Laval, you also have to wonder team chemistry-wise, do you really want to mess that up because you want to fit in this you know, golden player? Uh, it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's it's a good thing in terms of Richie because he's going to have roster flexibility, but you got to wonder how much do you want to tinker? Yeah, that's the other thing, and it's one of those things where if you, you got to take into account, definitely team chemistry is one of those things, and I think we saw it throughout the Challenge Cup, the team chemistry that this current core play, that this current roster has is there. How Kelly O'Hara fits into that, into that chemistry, that would be a wait and see, especially considering if the trade does end up happening. Where do you pl- where do you place her? You have a solidified uh, you have a solidified backfield. I would think if you're Richie Burke at this situation, is he's probably going to want a player as a defensive midfielder of sorts, a stopper, if you will. Between uh, a st- just more of a stopper playing def- that defensive midfielder role. That may work, especially because that whole spine is gone now, and that's got to be hard to recover. Maybe, maybe it's a talk with O'Hara see if she wants to be in that spine. She is more pacey. Speed is her game, but we shall see. Um, one more spirit note before we. Get off to the next topic. The NWSL is set to restart their league shortly. Apparently, we're going to have more games at Loudoun as it seems that they're going to play more of a pod-based, similar to what they did in Salt Lake, but with the team splitting time away from home and going to three different bases. With Loudon United Stadium, it's Segra being listed as the rumored location. For those who don't know, Montgomery County is, for some stupid reason, banned soccer as one of the sports you cannot play, despite having a thing called the Soccer Plex in its area. And considering that they allow lacrosse and field hockey, which has more contact than soccer. But, Mario, what are your thoughts on this rumor that Segra is said to be one of these satellite-slash-bubble home venues for the return of the NWSL? Uh, first off, have fun in Leesburg if that happens. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> have fun in Leesburg. Uh, I'm with you with the whole Montgomery thing. I'm pretty sure sport- soccer is one of those sports where you could totally social distance. But I digress. Um, interesting. You could have picked Audi Field, but again, that goes into the realm of you got to go through D.C. government. And if you can tell the situations that both D.C. United and the Washington Nationals have had to pretty much get to play games in their home venues, I'm pretty sure the spirit was like, if, if this all go, comes through fruition, 
they're like, oh, you might as well just play in, at Segra. Uh, seems like le- less of a headache and a lot less loopholes to go through. But, man, that's got to be a stinker of a way to go out if you were considering this was your final season at the Soccerplex when the gun- the county you play in is like, yeah, no, there's no social distancing in this sport even though you run two-thirds of the time and you can space out. But, you know, I, I don't work for county government, so it's a little bit of a bummer. I mean, you still got to go out long ways to Loudoun, Loudoun County, Virginia. But, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever it takes to make it work, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with D.C., but in the spirit are thinking in terms of money they can at least get five to eight five hundred to a thousand people at segra to watch games which is going to be a positive in their bank account and that's the thing that i think outweighs what could have been them playing at audi field and also for those who don't know they have yet to replace the grounds at the grass at audi field and they and I could tell you from a source that I know, they don't plan to now. So <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> they don't plan to now until next season. And so, unless something changes miraculously, um, you know, DC United's going through a situation where they're laying off employees. Paul Maurer from the Athletics said that close to ten more employees were just laid off. Six were laid off prior to uh, May, even though DC United was approved for the PPP loan. But because of people pressuring organizations and companies not to take PPP loan money, we do not know if DC United decided to send theirs back. But if that's the case, more people lost their jobs. And so United's in a situation where if you play at Audi, you're going to pay a lot of money for rent. And I don't think the Spirit wanted to probably pay that rent. And they probably just settled on Segra, uh, even though they don't want to play on turf. And we shall see. Uh, I don't know if it's equipped for TV. I've seen a game there. It was okay. But I'm going to be intrigued if – the rumors of it being a bubble place for the Eastern Conference teams or one of these three bubble team areas, how it's going to be and overuse and everything. Because what people realize, turf is only supposed to last five years. And if you got Spirit playing there, you got Loudon playing there, rumors about DC United possibly playing there, you're gonna you're gonna kill that turf in under three years. I'm gonna tell you that. <laughs> yeah, good luck maintaining that turf. <laughs> but anywho, speaking of terrible turf, we're gonna go to the terrible turf of Audi Field, as DC United had a lovely little press conference today, and lead up to their first match back as MLS returns for its 25th season after a five month postponement due to COVID to take on Cincinnati away at Cincinnati. And then they will come back Tuesday to play their first home match since March against the New England Revolution. Ben Olsen and Russell Canales were available for interviews. Um, 
Uh, Mario, first off, before I play some of the audio, what were your thoughts in terms of what you heard Russell and Ben talk about? Uh, let's go with the following. I'm pretty sure that Ben Olsen hated the MLS's back tournament. We'll call a spade a spade there. That man, when talking about said tournament, sounded so unenthusiastic. Um, well, let's, I, think, I think if we play one of the audio clips, it will explain what you mean. But I just, I was amazed to hear both Russell and Ben about this, the, the U.S., the MLS's back tournament and the disdain they had because prior to that, they sounded fine with it. I think what probably happened was all the COVID crap and all the, that postponement and then losing. When I think everything compounded once they lost and got eliminated, but they were one of the first teams there. They were fine. And then all the COVID freakingness happened. And it just became a sour field trip from there. But let's go to our lovely Ben Olsen. <laughs> well, it, first off, it's, it's nice to have a match, right? Uh, when we come back out of MLS's back, you're essentially looking at your third preseason uh, of the year. And that's not an easy thing for the staff uh, or the players. Get back to work and essentially prepare for a big question mark. So you're waiting for that game. Uh, the game is announced. And uh, so now it, it, it's nice to start to prepare for an opponent. Uh, the player's mentality has been fantastic. Uh, we, we try to strike the, the right balance of uh, days here and, and days away because, uh, again, when you're training in your third preseason, uh, I think it can, it can wear on players uh, and staff. So uh, we, 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 we hope we struck the right balance. Uh, we think we've uh, furthered along who we are and how we're going to go about winning games. Uh, and uh, then, again, once the Cincinnati game um, uh, came to be, you know, it's about focusing in on how we're going to go about them and, and uh, dealing with their strengths and exploiting their weaknesses. We'll get to his evaluation on Cincinnati in a moment, but some other notes from Ben's comments. On the question of Ola Kamara, he said he believe, he needed to get healthy after the tournament and that he can be a starting forward in this league, that Ola's health problems have been, for those who've been watching, very consistent. <laughs> but after the tournament, he looked to be fine. The thing is, according to Ben, the service is missing and the, quote, connective system is missing, unquote. Mario, hearing Ben's disdain <laughs> for the uh, trip to Orlando and now hearing his belief in Ola Kamara, what are your thoughts on what Ben says? What he believes is a working progress in terms of DC United's overall demeanor coming out of the tournament. I feel like he said that before the MLS is back tournament. <laughs> yes, he did say that before the MLS is back tournament. Um, <laughs> oh, man. It's kind of hard to, like, I want to believe in Ola Kamara. I really do. It's just that I think he needs to up his fitness level. I think that that's what it comes down to it, what it comes down to. It's just Ola Kamara has always been 
questionable when it comes when it regards to to his health. So uh, I think that that would be something that that needs to be addressed altogether. Uh, when it comes to the connective systems missing, I guess so. They need to work. They have to have more games under their belt. Uh, and, you know, under these weird circumstances, it's kind of difficult. But, yeah, I think we, we need to see where, where, this, where this is going to help them. Uh, I like his enthusiasm about coming back to play regular season games, as I feel like the rest of us are in some way. And so, yeah, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be interesting, and I want to see if Ola Kamara ends up staying healthy. What I tell you yesterday? What I tell you yesterday? I was like, you're gonna come up on this podcast positive, and I'm gonna be the Debbie Downer about this whole thing. <laughs> and I told you, I said it once, and I'm gonna say it again. I don't trust Ola Kamara, man. The dude went. Over eight months without playing, was in China doing absolutely nothing. We give him a contract after his first goal with the team gets injured. Then comes back, gets injured. Then he goes to the MLS's back tournament, gets injured. I'm supposed to believe that third time's the charm with this dude. Man, like Ben is very, look, if there's one thing I can say about Ben Olsen, he's very forgiving. But man, I, I just, look, the dude can score. No one's saying he can't. I'm saying, and I the question was directed, can you trust his health? I can't. Apparently, Ben can. Three injuries, I guess, aren't enough. So, <laughs> if you can trust him, he better come out against Cincinnati. We'll get to Cincinnati in a moment. He better come out gangbusters against Cincinnati because he called out the whole midfielder, the whole midfield. Sure, yes, I saw MLS's back tournament. The whole midfield was bad. But you're not going to sit here and try to convince me the old Kamara was decent because he wasn't. He was god-awful for the minutes he was healthy. Here, he I'll, wasn't help healthy for long. I'll help you with the negativity here. Where was Ola Kamara throughout the MLS's back tournament? And that was never be found. Exactly. He couldn't be found. And then he got hurt. And then he was never seen for her again. He probably got on the next flight out of there the moment he got hurt. Because I didn't see him again in the third match. He went there. He went there. <laughs> so that, that's my point. Hey, allegedly he came in as a sub in that final game. I, I don't remember. Who cares? Because he didn't do anything. That's my point. He didn't do nothing. That's my whole point. He is, uh, I don't want to say he's overrated, but he's getting there. Because for the money he's getting paid, he ain't do squat. Now, Yo, he, is, he is injuring Leonard Pohoy territory of how this is how much I trust the forward, according to Ben Olsen. Because he's getting to the point where I don't know what to say. I just don't. And so in terms of the midfield and the whole team, he called it that he said these next six games are a work in progress. Again, I agree with Mario. This whole season, apparently, has been a work in progress. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting just, to sense Barcelona vibes in this. <laughs> Don't get me started on Barcelona. No, no, no. What I'm saying is it feels like this whole plan about playing a 4-3-3 and went over the hill and got nuked the moment that 
Paul Ariola got hurt, and there's been no backup plan. And so, once again, we're working progress for the third time. I do understand his thoughts on this is a third preseason. They can't play 11-on-11s because of coronavirus restrictions. But my thing is this. You mean it's, he said, and I quote, these games, why are they important? Because lineups will be finally made and formations will finally be developed, unquote. You mean to tell me you still don't know your best 11? We just went through a whole tournament and you haven't figured out your best 11 yet? Yes, I understand. You haven't been able to play friendly. You haven't been able to put yourself in matches constantly. You have a forward that does not understand what a first aid kit is. I understand that all these <laughs> things are happening, but you need to tell me that you can't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. You just still haven't found your best 11 without Pariola? Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> what does Ben think about. Before I continue with Cindy, do you have anything else before we go to Cindy? Uh, no, but I think I can lend Ola Kamara a first aid kit I have in the house, so there's that. Mm. Sure, it won't help. What does Ben think about Cincinnati? <laughs> he thinks, we don't know what to think because he thinks we shouldn't care about the MLS is back tournament to begin with. More haterade. You know, you have to be careful of putting too much stock in MLS is back, right? There's a lot of teams that are, are, are just... Um, it was hot. Uh, players are uh, uh, unfit. There's injuries. There's a lot of adapting that's going on there. So now you get home and you get a couple of weeks uh, of training to, uh, again, further along who you want to be or what the coach wants to see. You know, they could come out in a in a five back again and sit low like they did in MLS uh, in the tournament. They could uh, play more expansive and, and play a little bit higher up the field. Uh, with different personnel, some of the personnel that w- wasn't available in that tournament, they're they're back now and healthy. So there's a lot to factor in here, uh, and so the I know it's a, a long answer. Uh, we we think we have a, a fairly good idea of most of the starters and what their profiles are and how they're going to go about the game, but y- you never know. So we pre- we prepare with with our best guess and then. Be ready to adapt if they come with something else. All right, we're guessing up in here, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be doing that. We can't be second guessing. We're restarting the season again. <laughs> I love that, Ben. Hold up. Let, let's just say this flat. All the big deal that Cincinnati was making was we don't know what our back line is. This tournament, we're going to figure out what our back line is. Ben is coming out here trying to tell us that, hey, what Cincinnati told y'all about trying to figure out what our back line is, it's a load of malarkey. Like, it's lies. You've been fed lies. These This is fake news because they can play a three-pack next week. I'll be stunned because they actually look good in a back five. But he gave you four excuses on why they sucked at the MLS's back tournament and then told you, I, I don't know what Cincinnati's going to do. I do know this. They're yeah. only good to count to the made it to the knockout stages of the MLS's back tournament. We couldn't even beat DC United couldn't even beat Montreal. What do you mean they don't know what they're hey, doing? Don't dog, don't dog Montreal with 
one of the uh, head candidates to, oh, never mind. That's right. Ronald Koeman to poor Thierry Henry's job. <laughs> All right. Never mind. What of the former oh, candidates? Oh, dude. How, how, dare, how dare you slander Thierry Henry, a man that couldn't even beat Olympia of, Hond- of Honduras in the CONCACAF Champions League. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think Ben knows what he's going to do. It's just that I, I hear that and I hear expect the most boring game ever of two teams sitting back and waiting. This is going to be the Simpsons episode of uh, of when they all go to play watch soccer, open wide for some soccer, and they go and, <laughs> and they go and and it's just full back passes to right back, right back passes to center back, center back passes to midfielder, holds it. Holds it, holds it. Like I just expect it to happen now. This is gonna be a bore. <laughs> it's gonna be a chore, but it's gonna be a bore. <laughs> <laughs> I just played the visual of the Spanish commentator saying the same thing you just said, and him yelling, "Holds it, holds it, holds it." I don't know what to expect out of this game. Because, <laughs> because let's face it, watching the MLS's back tournament and watching how Cincinnati played, it was weird. I weirdly expect Ben Olsen to somewhat try to take it to Cincinnati. But oh, here's one. They should take it to Cincinnati. They should, but let's face it here. This is Ben Olsen we're talking about. I love the man, but sometimes... You don't, you don't know what he's going to come out with on game day. And if they should attack him, they should also expect, because Atlanta learned this lesson the hard way, give Cincinnati one small window of opportunity. They'll take advantage of it. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. They're very good at counter. DC should not be flat-footed in terms of health. That's why Ola Kamara's health is very important. If you're going to play with a one-man striker, he's got to be the hold-up guy to bring up these pieces because I expect DC United to counter at this point because I don't think that even though we believe they have the midfield to move the ball up around and contain possession and have shots on goal, we're not sure with Ola Kamara's health. And also, the rest of the midfield will get to what Rosa Canals thought, he he's honest about the fact that he wasn't even healthy. So, we're, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know what to expect. United should dominate, but we'll see on Friday, I guess. Yeah, I think the other thing where you, where you answer the whole midfield question is, are you going to play some of these players in the proper position? Because that was an issue throughout the tournament as well. One of the players was Russell Knauss. He did not address the fact that he played center back, but he did talk <laughs> about his experience at the MLS's back tournament when discussing now being able to play in his third restart. We're at a better spot now than we were previously before MLS is back tournament, just because we've, we've had uh, a lot of players get minutes in that tournament. Um, and we've had time now where we went straight back into team training and I've been able to stay focused, stay fit in that sense. But there again, we've obviously gone a few weeks without without playing a 90-minute intensity, intense game against a different opponent. So that in itself provides a different um, 
a different look that we're not able to fully create in training. But uh, I'm definitely at a, a a better spot now than I was before the MLS's back tournament in terms of fit, uh, fitness level. So there's one guy being honest, and that's Russell Canales about his fitness level. But one good point he did bring was that we saw Kevin Paredes get minutes. We saw several other players get minutes during the MLS's back tournament. We'll get to a recent trade that was completed that will hopefully add some depth to the defense. Is there one bright spot, Mario, that you're looking forward to seeing now that we're back? We're almost back at, into playing games and hopefully more time to see this lineup develop? Other than Bill Hamid uh, being in goal, I think one of the bright spots is, you know what? It's going to have to be like how the midfield shape's going to look. Because now you get league games to prove what you have. I mean, I don't think two games was enough prior to the game to the to the league stopping. MLS is back tournament, you know, showed us some things, but it wasn't like a full. It's not a full on display. But I'm excited to see if they give Kevin Paredes more minutes. To be honest with you, he looked pretty solid throughout that tournament. You know, just give a run to some of the young players on the team. I mean, it will depend on the health of everybody else and how everything is looking. I do want to see Dominic Pines back there. Um, I, I, You know, the kid was playing really well before the injury last season, and he almost took Breon's job. You know, <laughs> once once he got hurt, Breon was able to keep his job because he played for his job and he earned it. Um in this case, I'm glad that Canals was honest about him not being in terms of fitness, in good health and good fitness. You know, a lot of these players, even though DC United got a pass from city government to train, what they were doing was not adequate training. I will give them that. I will give them that, you know, not being able to play 11 on 11, not being able to schedule friendlies. You know, I'll give Ben and, and the rest of the team that. Like, that's a struggle. You, you know, even just being able to play scrimmage matches with the local colleges is such a benefit for any soccer team because it's playing against an opposition. And not being able to have that to develop chemistry, especially restarting the league, that does take a toll on a player. I will give Russell and Ben that that little bit. Right, and also like, and those those games are also fundamentally important to, you know, build on team chemistry. See where you're at in that department, and see what things that you can improve on. I don't think necessarily not having that kind kind of adequate training, it doesn't really um, expose whatever flaws you may have that you need to work on. I know some people are going to say, well, you had the entire MLS's back tournament. That's true, but the MLS back this back tournament ended about for DC United ended about a month ago. So you don't know what other flaws you may be exposing or what things you can work or what things you know you're good at that you can uh, use to exploit to your advantage. So yeah, Russell Canals and Ben Olsen do touch on that is there's not there hasn't been an adequate amount of time for them to train. Well, here's some more from Russell and what to expect this Friday. I think first off, from the defensive side, just eliminating those mistakes. We know we're a solid team defensively. We know we can get games with consecutive clean sheets. 
And then just on the attacking side, being able to create a bit more, having a more of an identity of what, what we want to do, how we want to create, figuring, figuring that out is key. Cause obviously from, you know, if you look at both of those things there, they weren't good enough in Orlando and they won't be good enough with this stretch moving forward. If we, if we play at that level. So we need to adjust those things, figure out where, where our strengths are and hopefully, hopefully those little adjustments can, can change the games. Well, that's Russell Canales. Mario, what are you expecting for both this upcoming week as well as next Tuesday against New England? Uh, I'm expecting for them to be a little more offensive at home. I expect them to come out a lot more gangbusters against New England. I want to say they're going to be a little more tentative against Cincinnati because they're on the road, so... Again, it comes to that situation of hold it, hold it, hold it. Uh, and for the most part, I, I expect them to – I expect Ben Olsen to tinker with the lineups because the games are about three, four days apart, if I'm not mistaken. So you, get, you also get this chance, to, a rare chance really, to look at what players fit into your system – who you could go, who you could trust in a starting eleven going forward, and see what can work and what doesn't work. Yeah, I think, and just to make it quick, um, it's going to be it's going to be more on what United hopes the. I don't mean look. They have to perform better than what they did at the tournament. This just it's just not. It wasn't good enough in terms of what is expected of them, um, and especially this roster, even with that, without Pariola. They, they have enough depth. They need to test more of it in terms of the youth with Kevin and Moses and, and uh, Griffith, Griffin, and they need to test that out more. They need to give our DP an opportunity to actually earn his paycheck because the dude was left stranded the whole Flores was on an island at the uh, the tournament at the MLS's back tournament, so I be, they need to give him more of an opportunity. You know, Canals talked about it. The defense was rated the number one defense last year. They can get shutouts. It's what can they do offensively? Ben mentioned it a little bit, but I think Canals was right on the money. They can get shutouts. Is can the question is can they score? And that's what I'm going to be interested in. I see two draws because, honestly, I like I said, I expect the boar fest against uh, Cincinnati, but I expect them to come out gangbusters against New England like yourself. But I just see two draws. Yeah, I see two draws as well. I, I, would, I would lie to you. I say I see an ample victory against Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati again demonstrated in the MLS back in MLS's back tournament. They're not an easy team to beat, nor to play against. Now, uh, New England also same thing. These two actually faced each other in the MLS's back tournament, and New England gave DC United fits the entirety of that first half. And if it wasn't for the Federico Iguain scoring a goal. You know, it would have been a different story. So, yeah, I totally see two draws in D.C. United's future in the next two games. With that in mind, they did add depth recently. 
They traded uh, Emmanuel Boateng, who was doing absolutely nothing on the bench, not playing a minute, even though he's one of the better midfielders to come to this league, sat on the bench, and now is traded to the Columbus Crew in exchange for Swedish defender Axel, not going to try. Mario, what's his name? <laughs> Axel, I'm dead. Uh, Axel Sojberg is, I want to take Sojberg. a because I'm about to say Soldier Boy by accident. It's a Soldier Boy. Soldier Soldierberg sounds better. This is the boy's resume. Soldierberg has played for both the Colorado Rap. He's played for the Colorado Rapids and was on the Columbus Crew, as we mentioned. Was loan was claimed off of waivers by the Crew this past uh, off season. He was a, a very good defender when his time during the Colorado Rapids, even nominated for MLS Defender of the Year, only to lose it to Matt Hedges. Mo Here's what uh, Dave Casper said about the move. Quote, we're excited to add some, some important depth at center back at ahead of the continuation of the MLS season. Axel is a physical opposing center back who is known for his consistency, steadiness, during his time in Colorado, and we're looking to add that experience and ability to our roster. Mario, what are your thoughts on this trade? And essentially, from what I can see from just by the look and the style of play, Briant's replacement. It took you that long to trade Emmanuel Boateng and try to figure out what to do with him? <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, Sojberg, I think for what his resume in particular with Colorado, it, it's a solid, it's a solid get get in DC United's uh, in DC United's book. I think the only issue I have is he only played one game while he was on loan with San Antonio FC this season. But that may be due more to the pandemic than anything else. So that's not something I could totally look at as, yeah, that's going to be against him in some way. Um, it, it's a good depth piece. I think that you needed to add some depth on the defense. And, yeah, this is Frederick Briant's replacement. Even though we have Donovan, Donovan Pines, but... You, uh, that I feel like Donovan Pines provides a lot of finesse in his game that people don't notice. Um, and who knows, maybe this is going to, he is just a death piece. Uh, we don't know what the contract, you know, maybe is for the rest of this year. We don't know. What we do know is that they did need extra depth because after Donovan, what is there really in terms of center back? Uh, we saw that the Canals experiment failed 100% miserably and we don't Russell need him to want to be a center back he couldn't he told us that in the preseason but apparently we were the other ones listening and so, <laughs> so and and so here we are in a situation where if you have both center backs go down what are you going to do you're not going to play a three back line so you got to get some depth and Hey, if Axel played well for Colorado, I've looked up his resume. The fact that he was nominated for Defender of the Year is no slouch. A lot of Defender of the Years end up either going to Europe or end up big money contract guys. The fact that this guy was just roaming around in, you know, second division and playing for the Columbus crew of all teams just randomly says 
either that there's a fall off or that no one's given him a chance. And hopefully, with this second lease of life, he can provide some depth for DC. Yeah, that's true. And also, he's a guy that is adapted to U.S. soccer, weirdly enough, because he played college ball at Marquette. So it, it would be interesting that, the, again, it, like you said, if you are nominated for Defensive Player of the Year, you are no slouch. And especially if you contributed to what was a really solid Colorado team in 2016, you know, that, that adds a little bit more value to your name. So, you know, maybe he will... He will pan out, either as a debt piece or as a starter, if needed. Especially with six matches and close to a month, I, United's going to need it. You know, they're going to play Donovan. There's going to be a lot of switching, especially when you see that New England game. Don't expect the same lineup every week. I, who was it that in the Champions League did that? And it ultimately doomed them. Well, actually, it was the Europa League. It was Manchester United who kept playing the same lineup over and over and over again. And by the time they get to the semifinal, they're all drained out. That that That's not going to happen here. You have six matches in, over, in close to four to five weeks. You can't really be doing that. And that was not a shot at you. You broke my heart, man. You broke my heart. <laughs> well, here, restructure your heart. Tell everybody where they can find you so they can give you hearts and tweets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So if you want to follow me and my daily, uh, my trials and tribulations of being a Manchester United fan, you can follow me on Twitter at MarioMaya1. You can find my stories at El Tiempo Latino. You can follow them on Twitter at El Tiempo Latino, at ElTiempoLatino.com, and wherever you can find your local newspaper at. As always, special shout out to Kevin McLeod and Impotech for the intro music. You can always find me on Twitter at Jose underscore M underscore Mana where possible more content from my real job and this fun one. As always, remember, please rate, subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, and all audio platforms. We hope to make sure we get you some more content next week as we prepare to laugh. I mean, watch DC United <laughs> in these next two matches and possibly provide an update to what is going on with the Spirit and the NWSL. Mario, thank you so much for helping me out this week and being awesome as always. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in. We hope to talk to you again soon. Adios. Adios.